And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, December 29th. I am Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Adam Scherer. We are brought to you by Better. And thanks to DraftKings and FanDuel listening to me too aggressively uh, over the past few weeks. We only have an eight-game slate instead of a 10-game slate. I would prefer to have a 10-game slate. They didn't understand me correctly. Maybe I can be more specific next time. Anyway, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, and follow us both on Twitter. Adam, what a great day. It was wreath season yesterday. Yeah, what a terrible slate. Um, Drummond gets in foul, gets like 16 rebounds in 20 minutes, but only plays 20 minutes because he's in foul trouble and Chicago's getting killed and they come back with the game going small, so he doesn't get minutes. That sucked. Most things Portland sucked. Like, support, like in theory, it was great because Reith gets ruled out. 20% of the field has him. A bunch of dead lineups. Swap to a bunch of Moses Brown. Doesn't work. Swap to a bunch of Jabari Walker. Doesn't work. What can you do? It's brutal, man. Brutal. I've never been, I've never been so happy that all of the news broke and I fixed it like as well as that I possibly could have. Got away from all of the landmines that could have been in my lineup and it meant nothing nothing i got I, no redeeming qualities whatsoever from yesterday that portland game was disgusting wemby went insane uh 10 of 10 from the line 9 of 14 from the field 36 and 6 with seven blocks in 24 minutes yeah i saw a stat this morning and i don't remember what it was so this is kind of a pointless thing to say but uh, it was really impressive whatever it was um something like the first or second player to get like 20 points, five something and five blocks in less than 24 minutes in a game since whenever. Yeah. Will Chamberlain 45 right. <laughs> years ago or whatever. Now it's more than that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Moses Brown, 14 minutes, even though the other center got ruled out. That's less than I would have projected with him. Even when Reith was in. I'll so. say that was the bottom of his range. I think with Reith. <laughs> and that's certainly the bottom after Reith gets out. Ibu Baji played the same amount of minutes. Jabari Walker got 30 minutes, uh, six points, nine boards. And then at one point during the first quarter, Ish Wainwright was on the floor, or maybe that was the second, but it doesn't really matter. And I was he's letting it fly. Uh, Ish Wainwright, 0 for 5 in six minutes. So he got his shots up. Didn't matter at all. Portland, just a disaster. Kamara played 21 minutes. I had him in a bunch of late swaps. He had one point. I hate Portland. I uh, hate Portland so much. Speak, speaking of Wemby, um, whenever, or just keep in mind now, whenever you're adjusting his rates, uh, you can throw out the Portland game because that's going to skew it. Sure is. Uh, I have it here. Not that you couldn't calculate it quickly. 2.51 <laughs> fantasy points per minute yesterday. Yeah, he I, can, was, I can see it now the next time we were actually talking about him as a DFS play, being like, oh, well, he's at 2.0 four points per minute at center this year. Yeah. You ready to talk some basketball? I am. Good. That's would have been really helpful or really like not helpful if you were like, nope, don't want to. I mean, I'm blatantly lying, but I know what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, that's fair. New York Knicks, one and a half point underdogs in Orlando, 228 total. Knicks have everybody healthy that's normally healthy. Orlando has a Q tag on Gary Harris, a Q tag on John Isaac, and no Joe Ingles. About 10% ownership coming into Randall, Hart, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Emmanuel Quickly. I'm getting one guy more than everybody else here, and I'm okay with it. 
what do you see here from the Knicks in what's really not a great matchup? Yeah, just moderate ownership coming into a few guys. Um, pricing is certainly reasonable here. You know you're getting big minutes from some of these guys. Uh, Hartenstein's pulling 12% ownership at 5,700. That looks perfectly fine to me. Uh, obviously, there's always opportunity cost at center, but he is still pretty cheap. He's playing big minutes. The production hasn't been great. That's something we talked about um, as soon as Robinson got hurt. His production off the bench is just markedly better than when he starts, but it's still difficult to completely ignore all of the minutes that he's playing. Uh, we yeah. got 37 last game. We've seen him play, you know, 30. He played like 33 on Christmas Day with foul trouble. He's playing massive minutes. They're really still trying to just not play Julius Randle at center. Taj Gibson is the backup center, which he showed he can play 16. They would rather him not. So Hartenstein should play a lot. What he does with those minutes, who knows? The matchup sucks. He hasn't been great. But uh, getting 12% ownership, I don't really have any issue with that. We have him with a 12% chance of being optimal. We have Emmanuel quickly getting 13% ownership at 4,900. He's one where it's really interesting. It's an interesting spot to watch. Like from a DFS standpoint, I think at 4,900, he's fine. On average, he's probably playing 23, 24 minutes. Some games he does get 27, 28. Um, The Knicks beat writers have been the last couple of days pretty heavily harping on how good lineups have been with Emmanuel quickly, basically regardless of who else is on the floor and that Tibbs just seems to be stubborn Tibbs and won't give him more minutes. So um, it will be interesting to watch. Definitely something where if I think if you start to see the minutes trend up, you should probably be pretty aggressive in projecting that to be a thing, but also keep in mind Tibbs is really stubborn. I don't think that it's a spot where you can like uh, preemptively say, Oh, let's start giving quickly more minutes because this dude might take two more months. The moment you give him those more minutes, like quickly is going to play 16 minutes right. in a game where you where he's like plus 15 in his first rotation. <laughs> right. Like Tibbs is not a coach that I am trying to be a step ahead of him because that step might be two months ahead. That step might be just clean off the edge of a cliff. Right. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a single shit. He's not thinking about that stuff at all. Quickly could just like miss a layup in a practice and all of a sudden things are a problem for him for the next week. Like there's no, there's no trust at all. Uh, You started off talking about Hartenstein. I got 27% of him right now at 5,700. If I'm going to take that kind of stand, I'm cool with it. Like he's just, he he has the opportunity to play 38 minutes today. That that is a real scenario. If it, if he's not in foul trouble, they're going to play him as much as he could possibly be out there. Yeah. And the other tempting thing is, you know, like I said, he hasn't been great from a point per minute standpoint as a starter last year or this year, but it's not like he's, in general, a bad fantasy no. producer. Like the the ability is still there. Um, he's at 0.78 DraftKings points per minute in 33 minutes per game in his four starts this season, which is pretty much in line with what he did last season as well. From a points per minute standpoint, he started eight games, 0.81 DraftKings points per minute. So he has maintained that drop off, which yeah. is really frustrating. But that's also why he's still only fifty seven hundred dollars. If he was producing a fantasy point per minute in thirty three minutes per game as a starter, he would not be this price, or he would be like forty percent owned. So, like the the nice thing is. I guess, you know, yeah, you're expecting him to produce at these lower rates as a starter. We've seen it time and time again, but at least you're not talking about, you know, like a Justin Holiday, where he's going to produce poorly as a starter because he is a bad fantasy player. Hartenstein himself is not a bad fantasy player. It's who he's on the floor with brings him down, but there's at least underlying talent there that you can get occasionally. I don't really see any other stands for the rest of New York. Like scattered amounts of any of the main dudes is fine, but I don't see a single priority from the Knicks. 
Yeah, I mean, whatever Randall Brunson you're getting to, obviously, you're going to be fine with. Yeah. On the opposite side for Orlando, uh, this really feels like two and a half plays at best. Paolo Bancaro is 8,300 power forward only. He's 6% owned. Franz Wagner is 7,700, 11% owned. They are the two guys I'm getting the most of. I have some scattered shares of Suggs and Anthony, but it's really just Franz and Paolo to me. Yeah, that's how I see it as well. Um, Defensively minded game. Both of these teams are good defensively. None of the pricing here is broken. You just have a few guys that are correctly priced. Wagner at 7,700 probably looks like the best price on DraftKings. He's getting 11% ownership, 12% chance of being optimal. Boncaro getting 6%, 8% chance of being optimal. Suggs at 7% with a 13% chance of being optimal. That's kind of interesting, just going a little bit under-owned. Not that he's a great player or anything like that, but he is probably a little bit too cheap at 5,800. Yeah, he's 5,800 on FanDuel as well, 17% owned there. Cole Anthony is 6K. He's 13% owned there. But yeah, this is just, it's not going to be that kind of, this is not that kind of game. It's, it, it really isn't. You're either getting a good defense in Orlando, you're getting a slow team in the Knicks. We've got Sacramento Atlanta with a 251 total on today's slate. Like, it's just going to be hard to squeeze these guys out. Agreed. I don't have anything else for uh, the Knicks or Orlando. Me neither. Uh, should be a good basketball game, but not a great fantasy game. Yeah. Uh, Knicks. Yeah, Knicks. Nets and Wizards. The Nets are six-point favorites in Washington, 242 total. I'm going to assume that everybody's playing for the Nets today. Uh, And when I say playing, I mean like most of the game. Uh, But for today, for Brooklyn, Nick Claxton probable, Dorian Finney-Smith probable, uh, Lonnie Walker still out, obviously Ben Simmons still out. For the Wizards, Gallo is questionable. We've got 10% ownership coming into Cam Johnson, 17 to Mikel Bridges, scattered amounts to everybody else. Really like Bridges here, 7,300, small forward, power forward. He is the most owned guy from Brooklyn, but this matchup is fantastic. Yeah, that salary just keeps dropping for Bridges. Um, I don't know if, like he had been a little bit overpriced probably before, and then it got back to a reasonable level. I don't know if his playing time uh, last game is why he's down to 7,300, but that's a good price tag and a really good matchup. Small forward, power forward, 17% ownership, 13% chance of being optimal. Certainly like getting there. What else do you like here for Brooklyn? Because clearly this spot is as good as it gets. Yeah, I mean, everything to some extent. Claxton (laughs) is in a very good spot. He's also 7K, so getting 7% ownership. Solid contrarian play, high ceiling, uh, but he is at a price point where you're going to have plenty of other competition. And from a playing time standpoint, it is risky. But he yeah. certainly has a ceiling. Um, Dinwiddie, same thing at 9%, 7,100, taking on a team that he dislikes. Uh, but I don't think that... I don't really like him either. Yeah, no, but yeah, goes both ways. Um, I, I don't, you know, that doesn't matter for fantasy, but, you know, 9% yeah. ownership there, fine if you get there. Sharp's pulling 9% at 5,100. I don't really like that, but we know he can double-double off the bench. Like, he does still have a ceiling. I just don't like these... Can't, can't do it from the starting lineup, right. though. <laughs> Like, if he were, like, 3%, 4% owned, I'd be more interested just because you know it's there. If he's almost yeah. 10% owned, it's kind of just like, okay, well, what's the point in chasing this? Uh, Cam Thomas, 6,900, 4% owned. We know he can score, but obviously takes a backseat when Bridges is playing and then when he's playing. Uh, Cam Johnson getting the second most ownership at 11%, 5,700. Not the most exciting guy to get to, but it is a good spot. He is reasonably priced at 5,700. I think really across the board, you're just going to be getting to the Nets' main players. Uh, Bridges yeah. looks like the best one to me, though. Uh, second highest total on the day, Brooklyn and Washington behind that Sacramento Atlanta game that we're going to talk about in a bit. 
On the Wizards side, 10% ownership to 6K Daniel Gafford is the high mark, unless you're playing on FanDuel, at which point Kyle Kuzma is 21% owned and Denny Avdia is 18% owned. I have scattered amounts of Washington of all like their main guys, but once again, I don't think anybody stands out. Kuzma looks like a decent ownership pivot. I'm nervous about Tyus Jones at this point now that DeLon Wright is back, but I still have a couple shares there. It's just, I want to have bites at this game. I don't really care who it ends up being. Yeah, agreed. I think Kuzma and Gafford are probably the first two that you're going to get to here. Kuzma, when he's low-owned, is always somebody I'm willing to go to. The playing time is a problem uh, between blowouts and random Washington rotations. Basically, over like any stretch of games that you're looking at, you're looking at like a 32-minute average for Kuzma, which isn't exactly what you want for an 8K guy. Um, but on a game-to-game basis, he can play more. He played 36 in the competitive game against Orlando. That upside is there. It's just scary to get to him, which is why he's only 3% owned. Uh, Gafford sitting at 6K. Relatively high price tag for Gafford, but he has earned it. He's playing real minutes. He's a good point per minute guy. Uh, so I think, you know, he looks fine. He's getting the most ownership here. I'm with you on Tyus Jones. 6,400 is a reasonable price tag, but I am a little bit concerned how this rotation is going to look as DeLon Wright starts getting more minutes. Um, but I think Kuzma, Gafford, Jones, probably the guys that I would get to first. None of them look like priorities, though. Yeah, these first two games just don't have anything that's like, okay, I have to have that. I'd say Bridges is probably the best guy that I think we've seen so far. And even that was still just like solid, if not unspectacular. Yeah, I just finished my first sim. So from the uh, two games we just talked about, 15% Randall, 11% Hartenstein. My highest two guys for the Knicks. Uh, 11% Wagner and Suggs for Orlando, my highest two. Bridges, 24% for Brooklyn. Getting the 23% Finney Smith right now. Didn't see that coming. That probably goes away. Um, 15% Cam Johnson, my highest stone guys for Brooklyn. And then for Washington, 7% DeLon Wright, 7% Kuzma, 6% Gafford. I have 10% of Dorian Finney Smith, so probably wouldn't take much more than like an extra minute over top of what I had to have him more like you do. So I don't think it's too crazy. I'm getting in, in at least one lineup. I have nine guys from Brooklyn. That makes sense. So that's I would want that for the most part. Yeah, I mean, like I could do without Dennis Smith Jr. and Royce O'Neal, but yeah, I get it. All right, uh, I got nothing else for this game, so we can talk schedule for the rest of the day. That's pretty simple. NFL strategy show that's coming up after this at eleven a.m. You get the NHL strategy show at two p.m. So right away, that's. Three live shows for three separate sports. Adam and I come back for the deeper dive later tonight at 5 p.m. And then you get NBA Live Before Lock at 6 p.m. So four more hours of live shows on the Stochastic YouTube channel. Don't miss that. Hit the like button, too. Makes the channel more accessible for everybody else. I also want you guys to use our avatar. Go to stochastic.com slash avatar. Grab our logo. Use it on DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo. Wherever you're playing, you should use it. If you finish in the top three of a contest with at least 5,000 entries, you can get one month of whatever you're looking for at Stochastic. That's the NBA Sims package. You get it for a month. That's a $200 value. Projections, ownership, the Sims tool itself, access to our premium Discord. Your only requirement when you finish in the top three with a contest of 5,000 or more entries, tweet that result at Stochastic HOF. We want to promote your success and we want people to see our logo when we do it. So if you do that, you get a month, costs you absolutely nothing. So stochastic.com slash avatar is where you want to be. All righty. Next one up. Sacramento Kings, one point favorites 
in Atlanta, 251 total. For Sacramento, not much to add here. Everybody that's normally available is. Similar story for the Hawks. No DeAndre Hunter, but we know that. 10 to 15% ownership on Fox, the Barnacle of the Bay, Trey Lyles. I I hate this. I like Fox and Sabonis, clearly. But the guys that I have the most of are Trey Lyles and Malik Monk. That feels worse. Yeah, we are on the same page here. I'm getting seven... Yeah, seven different guys from Sacramento. They're all between 5 and 18% owned. Trey Lyles being at the top right now hopefully goes away, but he did get power forward eligibility on DraftKings, which is really useful. His salary also dropped to 3,800. So clearly he's not an exciting play. And if guys get ruled out, when guys get ruled out as the day goes on, he'll become less interesting. But those are low-key big changes that his salary dropped and he got additional positional eligibility makes them a lot easier to get to. Uh, He's getting 16% ownership, 19% chance of being optimal. I'm at 18%. I'm getting a 13% Fox, 13% Monk, uh, pretty much around the field on Fox, 2X on Monk. His salary dropped too. He's down to 5,700 point guard, shooting guard. Obviously he's volatile because he's a bench guy. The minutes are hit or miss, Uh, but he's been well over a fantasy point per minute guy this year. The matchup is very good. I have no problem getting to him, especially if he's 5% owned. I like that. Uh, Sabonis showing up 11% for me as well. He's 8% owned, 9,700 center only on DraftKings. So more opportunity cost, but still uh, love getting to him. We have him projected for 53 DraftKings points. Uh, and then I'm getting 9% Herter, 7% Barnes, 5% Murray. Kind of just, you know, lineup filler with the wings, I think. Yeah. Lots of wreath talk in chat. I want you guys to know, remember this more than anything else. If you're playing DFS, you should be thrilled that he got ruled out when he did. It's the best thing that could have happened to you yesterday. If you well, failed unless you, at unless it. Unless you were asleep. Yeah, but again, that's if you're playing DFS, that's on you. Right. You should be happy that that happened when it did. You had right. the opportunity to cut 20% of the field out of the out of your contest. Be thrilled, not upset. Yeah, and, and like and as far as the you know, being asleep or having a life thing, like I think like all of that's obviously reasonable too and and like it sucks. But I think the way you kind of have to look at that is there's a very low probability of somebody getting ruled out at 950. Yeah. You should just probably go if you're not doing this like professionally, you should probably go on with your life and take your chances that nobody gets ruled out at 950 if you have something to do. But yeah. it's still an opportunity for you. Like you don't you don't have to capitalize on every opportunity you have to make money in every arena, but right. it's still a net positive for you if you are playing DFS to be in contests where 20% of the field is playing a guy with a zero. If you happen to be part of that 20%, yeah, you missed that opportunity because you made other choices, which, you know, fine. It was a low probability thing. There's no real reason to, you know, be turning down plans to sit at your computer at 950. But um, that's kind of how I view it as opposed to like, oh, this sucks. It costs me money, like blah, blah, blah. Long term, it's still good because there's going to be plenty of times where that happens and you're just awake and you swap the guy. Or you didn't have them, whatever that ends right. up being. But like, right. yeah, that was that was a gift to anyone that was playing DFS yesterday. I, I took that gift and immediately returned it. Apparently, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I couldn't have been happy when it happened. I thought I looked at it wrong. I couldn't believe what I was reading. I didn't know if I was like, I was like, is it, does that say he's starting? Like, is that what's happening now? Because that's the only way that this makes sense. I didn't see the tweet before you DM me. And so I saw you just wreaths out. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I went and looked at Twitter. And at that point, like, 
I was in no position to elaborate. <laughs> it's just like, I got to do only one task for the next four minutes as fast as I possibly can. I was, I was glad that I saw what? your message when I did, because I had just finished like running my late swaps. And yeah. so I just like, I didn't even adjust the team's minutes. I just bumped Moses Brown, bumped Jabari Walker, took out re three, ran it and knew that even though that wasn't perfect, it was still better than, you know, 20% of the field was going to do. Yeah, it's I ended up I I reprojected everything quickly and grabbed all my stuff and was able to get it done. But my first thought, well, immediately and I started seeing tweets about this, but like my immediate thought was, all right, I'm going to hot swap all of my uh, wreath to Moses Brown. Then I went to DraftKings and realized I couldn't do that. So that pissed me off right out of the gate. Yeah, Um, I was going to say, I wonder how much lower owned wreath would have been if he had been 3,900 and Brown had been 38. I mean... It probably would have cut. Basically, anybody that like won fifty maxes probably would have gotten that one fixed quickly. There's the fact that you some... had to go in there and do work was different, right? Yeah, because I mean that's because that, that's one of those like you can even be paying attention, but you just might not be able to get to your computer in three minutes or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like I went as fast as I could and only had it by fifteen seconds or so. No, that was well. I had the main slate fine. Right. Getting you, the yeah, night you, you had to do it for two was, slates. Yeah, that was yeah. hard. I was glad I wasn't playing the night slate. Um, but yeah, like I said, like I finished with plenty of time, but that's just because I just literally was like, oh, Moses Brown, you're at 20, you're, like, you're at 26 yeah. minutes now. Jabari Walker, you're at 26 minutes. Go. But yeah, you should want those things in life, folks. It's not going to be fun, but if you're playing, it's going to help you. The Atlanta side, great spot here. 15% ownership coming into Trey Young. Single digits to everybody else on the DK and. I've got quite a bit of this team. I'm in double digits for four different guys. I still have some DeJounte Murray who isn't in double digits for me, but this is sort of like Brooklyn and Washington. I just want whatever I can get. Yeah, this game looks very, very appealing. Uh, DeJounte Murray showing up the most for me right now. I don't know if I've said those words on a slate this season, but um, he's getting 8% ownership. We have him with a 13% chance of being optimal. He's only $7,700 in a good matchup. I'm getting 23%. I'm happy with that. Um, It's not the type of play where I'm looking at it like, oh, wow, the field's crazy. I can't believe they're only playing 7%. This is definitely going to hold up all day. I'm playing a lot of Murray, but if it does hold up, I like it. He's a good player. He's reasonably priced. It's a good game. He's not getting ownership. The exact type of contrarian play I would like to get to. So very happy with that one. Uh, Bogdanovich showing up 18%. Trey Young showing up 17 The only guy getting double-digit ownership is Young at 14%. So I'm a little bit over on him. I'm over on uh, Bogdanovich. I'm not getting much of anything else. 3% apiece on Okongwu and Capella, 1% on Jalen Johnson. But uh, young Murray Bogdanovich all looking like pretty important pieces for me right now. I have 15% Jalen Johnson right now, which I'm not mad about. I went to 30 minutes, which is a little bit more than what he played last time out. Uh, Capella and Okongwu are back to splitting minutes. So if you were curious about if that would continue with Jalen Johnson back, the answer through game one appears to be no. Which is very important for projecting uh, them. Johnson at 29 minutes. Okay. Yeah, so I'm getting to a, a bit of him. I have 13 of Bogdan, 17 of Bay, which will come down a bit through the day. That's He's apparently just my guy. Um, and then Trey Young, 15%, which works. But whether it's the Sacramento side or the Atlanta side, I just want more of this game. It's the best game on the, on the docket today. Yeah, yeah and just to one, one more thing on Murray, why I think, you know, even... You're like why I think he's a solid contrarian play. If you just look at what he's done in the games with Trey Young active this year, 28 games, 1.09 DraftKings points per minute, 34.2 minutes per game. If you just take those averages, that gives you like a 37 and change projection. It's like a 4.85 yeah. DraftKings point projection. And that's 
average. That's not playing yeah. uh, the Kings every game. Like yeah. this is pretty much like a five X guy, median projection, not getting ownership that we know is really talented too. Like, yeah, it's just a really interesting contrarian play to me. I like it. Anything else here for Atlanta? Uh, this one's probably a bit less interesting than the previous two games. The Toronto Raptors are nine-point nine dogs in Boston, 224 total. Uh, Highest-owned guy on Toronto is 6%-owned Scotty Barnes. It's 11% for Gary Trent on the FanDuel side. In case you didn't notice it last time out, Dennis Schroeder was moved to the bench. They started Gary Trent. They also booted Malachi Flynn from the rotation. So not only did they remove their starting point guard, they removed their backup point guard, Obviously, that was how that was going to play out. Very difficult to play these guys against Boston. Tough matchup. Although, you know, it's not like Boston didn't get put through the ringer yesterday. But I don't really see anything that you can prioritize Toronto for. Yeah, I don't I don't see priorities. It's still a tough matchup. Um, Scotty Barnes at 6% is what I'm getting the most of right now. Fields there as well. He should see an uptick in assists without Schroeder, I would expect. Uh, if they stick with that same starting lineup. Uh, so potentially a positive for him. We saw him have the massive game against Washington. Obviously, Boston is not Washington, but uh, still point guards, small forward, massive ceiling. Yeah, I'm happy with what I get to. Um, 5% shooter, 3% Siakam. I'm not getting to much from Toronto, and the field's not projected to get much from Toronto either. Yeah, I don't. this is just going to be basically impossible. I don't have anything to add for Toronto. The Boston side is impossible to talk about right now. Uh, they are on a back-to-back. What a game yesterday, by the way. Uh, great Boston bet at halftime, too. No-brainer, as far as I'm concerned. I legitimately thought they were going to cover the game line when they made the comeback in the middle of the third quarter. So, with them on a back-to-back, Jason Tatum came out and said he's questionable last night right after the game. Al Horford generally doesn't play back-to-back, so I think we can assume he's not in. There's no ownership coming into Boston right now, but if Tatum sits... That will change things for Porzingis, Holiday, Brown, White, or if anybody else sits on top of that, like we'll have more here. But we need that news before we could really do anything. Yeah, I think Boston right now kind of looks like Boston did at this time yesterday, where yeah, except it's the it's a less appealing matchup. But they are not like I'm not getting anything from Boston at the moment with everybody projected in. But if Tatum were to get ruled out and you know Brown is back, they look fine. If they're both out, then the team starts to really be interesting. Um, but they, they will almost definitely look better for one reason or another by the deeper dive than they do right now. Yep. Who do you think would, let's just say it's just Tatum and obviously Horford. Is Porzingis the best play for Boston at that point? 8K power forward center. Probably. Jalen Brown's at 8,500 now. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Like Brown having shooting guard small forward is still so valuable, but yeah. Probably Porzingis, yeah. especially, I mean, you don't want to factor it in too much, but one of them has been a little bit better than the other one this year from a playing basketball standpoint. That is very true. Uh, I got nothing else for Boston. This one's just a not fun game to talk about. Agreed. Especially with those previous two games right before it. It's it's a stark difference when you start looking at it like that. It's not nearly as good as better is as our sponsor for today. Banner is at the top of the screen. You can double your first deposit up to $500. That should just, we should stop right there. Link in the description. That should be all you really need to know. If you want to try to do more things at these Pick'em sites, this is the way that you want to start it off. 
by grabbing as much of a deposit bonus as you can. You also can 100x your entry if you get eight picks correct. That helps. NFL, NBA, NHL, and more. But the deposit bonus is everything. Build yourself a bankroll and then figure out how you want to deploy it. Don't do it in reverse. Don't play to try to pray that you get a bankroll and take what you can from whatever site you go to. Do it in the opposite way. Get everywhere, get the money, and then figure out what works best for you. Odd Shopper can even help you out. Click those links in the description. But again, up to $500 on that first deposit and the ability to get 100x if you get eight picks right. Legal age for gambling in most states is 21 or over, and if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Come on. <laughs> put you in that category. I was first, by the way. You shouldn't put you in that category. Alphabetical order. Yes. Adam comes before Josh, just in case you're curious. My name wasn't used, so. Yeah. Who would want to type that? Milwaukee <laughs> Bucks, five and a half point favorites in Cleveland. 239 total for Milwaukee. We do have a probable tag on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Cleveland has the Q tag on Sam Merrill and Donovan Mitchell, so we're still doing this. Uh, 17% ownership coming into my boy, Chris Middleton. 12 to Brooke Lopez. Single digits really across the board for everybody else from Milwaukee. I would happily get to Giannis or Dame if they were showing up, but I am getting to Middleton and Lopez. Yeah, always happy to get to uh, Middleton you know, in particular, but... Um, I have been getting a lot of Lopez lately. I'm getting 11% right now. Uh, I'd, I'd never mind getting him as a low-owned option. The playing time's there. He averages like 33 minutes per game. It's just a matter of what does he do with those minutes. But he does give you block upside, which is volatile, but also you know, le- uh, legitimate upside. Uh, he's getting 12% ownership right now. He's only 5,600. So I'm right around the field there. I'm getting to 9% Middleton, which is about half the field. Shooting guard, small forward, 6,700. He looks good. Um, I think it's just there's plenty of options in that range if he's going to pull 17 percent ownership i might just not get quite as much but still my second highest don't guy from milwaukee uh, after that eight percent Connaughton, eight percent Giannis, small amounts of portis and lillard i don't have much else really in this spot i wish i were getting to a little bit more Giannis, but right now we just don't have any value so getting yeah. to the payups in bulk anywhere is really difficult yeah i mean Giannis is four percent owned eight percent i'd be perfectly happy with that uh the reason yeah. i'm getting eight percent content is just that his salary's dropped to 3600 and like you said we don't have a lot of cheap value right now yeah i assume i'm going to end up naming some really shitty piece of value that i have in the future but so far that hasn't had to happen luckily for me i mean i have one andre jackson lineup right now oh okay well i'm assuming that just completely disappears he might disappear. Uh, they went back like, to Marshawn Beauchamp last yeah, time. I don't know if he's even in the rotation. Yeah, don't play that one. On the Cleveland side, this gets a little tricky. There is no ownership coming into anyone from for Cleveland except for Donovan Mitchell. 9,500 point guard, shooting guard on DK. 10K on Fandle, where he's 22% owned. If Mitchell's in, I've got a bunch. Like I think he looks good in this spot. Milwaukee's defense isn't that great. They play very fast. I have 29% of Mitchell, but... Does he play the full run? Like he's been out for a while with an illness. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm starting to get concerned about how many minutes he plays when he comes back because that is a thing that can, like that can be something where he just physically can't play 40 minutes. Yeah. And when you're talking about Mitchell without Garland, that's 
like, yeah, he gets more opportunities. He produces better. But one of the big things, it's like Luca without Kyrie. One of the big benefits is he just doesn't leave the floor. And I don't know if he physically can do that right now. If you get at 9,500, if you tell me Donovan Mitchell's playing 34, 35 minutes, yeah, he can still do really well, but I'm not going to play much of him. You want the 37, 38, 39 minutes. And I don't know if that's there. Uh, That being said, I'm getting 11% right now. uh, Feels at 14%. The salary did drop a little bit from where it was before, which is nice, but it is something where I would be interested to see what we get in terms of, um, like a, a minutes limit being announced or anything. Uh, yeah. I will say though. Um, so I, I have him for 35 and a half minutes right now and I am still getting 10%. So if he I went played, 30, I went 36, which I thought was like pessimistic. <laughs> right. That, right. That's the thing. Like the fact that I'm getting 11% at like 35, 36 minutes actually makes me feel a little bit better about him because yeah. I think that's a, that's the correct projection. I don't think you can go higher than that, but Agreed. There is some, like, I don't know how he feels. I don't know what his illness was. I don't know how it affected him. Obviously, you can speculate that he's not going to be able to play the full top end of his minutes, but he also might just be perfectly fine at this point, and I would have no way of knowing that. So there is at least some chance that you just get the 40 minutes from Donovan Mitchell. If you knew he was playing 40, you would have, like, 40%. So um, I do like that I'm getting to him even at a very reasonable projection. Are you getting to anything else from Cleveland? I am not. 2% Levert, 2% Tristan Thompson. 1% 1% Struce. Are we going to be getting to much of this Cleveland team if Mitchell is out again? Craig Porter is up to 6,600 point guard only. I guess Merrill could if this broke the right way, but I think these guys would be pretty unappealing anyway. Yeah. I mean, Porter would be playable, whereas he's yeah. not remotely playable if Mitchell's in. Right. I don't think he would be a priority, but you could get to him. He played 30 minutes last game, still didn't close. The thing that I, that really scares me about Porter at the rising price tag is like, yeah, he produces at a, a reasonable rate when he's on the floor. We haven't seen Cleveland just like give him the keys when Mitchell's out no. and he just goes out there and plays a ton of minutes. We have frequently seen him not closing. We've frequently seen him just not playing the minutes that you would expect when he is one of two ball handlers on the team. So that's that's the concern is, you know, they, they apparently don't have to give him the minutes, even though no. you would think that they do. Yeah, I've, I've, I've thought they were going to give him the minutes pretty much every time I've projected him when, he, when he's been out or when he's been in and Mitchell has been out, but just hasn't hasn't worked like that. Yeah, I mean, still get the, to him a little bit here, but yeah, like he got 39 minutes in the Chicago game, but that was a game where Lavert was also out and Merrill was out and Mitchell was yeah. out and Garland was out like he was literally the only guy that could dribble a basketball in that game. Um, but with Lavert, like they're just giving enough they're, they're not they're not insisting on playing a ton of Levert plus Porter together. They're perfectly happy to be closing with Levert at point guard. You ready for the next game? This is where business picks out. Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed that uh, my guy, Jared Allen's up to 7,900 and I don't think I can remotely justify playing him. I mean, just play him. You know what happens when you do. If he score, if he scores 60, it doesn't matter what his salary is. Exactly. Well, here we go for Philadelphia and for Houston to a degree. But for the Sixers, no Batum, no Joel Embiid. 40% ownership to DeAnthony Melton. 25 to Kelly Oubre. 10 to Mo Bamba. 42 to Paul Reed. 20 to Tobias Harris. 7 to Tyrese Maxey. Let's start with the centers. Paul Reed is 5,300, 42% owned. Mobamba is 4,200, 11% owned. 
Paul Reed obviously played massive minutes uh, in this most recent game, which I think everybody in the world knew was coming. Yeah. Here, I, here's where I want to start. How do you want to project Paul Reed's minutes and Mo Bamba's minutes for today? So I think you need to go a little bit higher on Reed than you did last game, just because we saw what actually happens in a start with no foul trouble. Um, I have 28 right now. I think that feels a little bit high because I went 27. So that seems perfect for me. I, I was thinking 26, 28, like somewhere in there. So yeah, yeah 27 works. The way I'm thinking about this is all of the reasons that we were on 23, 24 minutes and scared to go higher last game still 100% apply. The guy fouls a lot, but that was also a situation where we didn't know in a non-foul trouble game, is he playing 27, 28? Is he playing 32, 33? That matters when you're trying to find that balance between like what can he play and also he's far from guaranteed to play it because he fouls a lot. Now that we've seen 31 and a half minutes, and that was also 31 and a half minutes without closing the first half because of fouls, I think it has to come up like 26 to 28, because at that point, you're still essentially giving up four or five potential minutes because of, you know, accounting for foul trouble and other things that go wrong. Um, But, you know, at this point, once once you know that they'll play him 32 minutes, it's just kind of like, okay, well, if I go 24, that's like way over exaggerating the foul risk. What do you want to do with the Bomba side of this one? How many minutes do you want to project for the two of them at center? Because that's this is the actual piece that I think is most interesting. They played 48 last game, which... They, they did indeed. They played 48 last game. They almost played 48 the game before that. Morris played 11 minutes, but they weren't all at center. Uh, that game And so much played. of that just has to do with the fact that, like, Reed was in such aggressive foul trouble right. that they needed to create more center minutes. Right. Yeah, and you still got you got 43 in a game where Reed played 17 and a half minutes. I right. think 46 to 48. So if you're going, what'd you say, 27 on Reed? I yeah. think it's at least 19 for Bamba, if not 21. I went 19, 27, 19, and then you know, two more to uh Marcus Morris or who whatever you want to say is the five in that like spillover stuff. So I got 21% of Bamba, 29% of Reed. I think I'm okay with that. I think we're probably both on the same page here. You're, we are not playing those guys together. Yeah, I don't think you need to play them together. Um, Slate's big enough. They, they can certainly, they're, they're still good value. They're both good values. So I think it is probably important to one, make this decision however you want to make it. But if you do make the decision that you're not playing them together, you probably will need to set a rule because they both project as good enough values. They will show up yeah. together in optimizers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not that they can't both give you a good enough score, a a decent score at their salaries in the same game. Like if you get, you know, 27 and 19, Bama can go for 23, 24, Reed goes for 28, 29, 30, but that's probably just not winning you a tournament. You, to win a tournament, you probably need the Paul Reed, you know, you're hoping for the Paul Reed 32 minute game, or if you're on the Bama side, you're hoping for the Paul Reed 18 minute game. Uh, you're not, it's very tough to get tournament winning scores from both of them if they just play a normal rotation. Who's the best play on Philly outside of those centers? Yeah, I'll say Paul Reed. Uh, I'm getting to Kelly Oubre the most. I have 35% of him. 5,800 shooting guard, small forward. We want to have a conversation about what he's been since he came back from his accident. Bad. Yeah, and like not shooting as much as you would expect him to be shooting. Like, Like, 
his his if you just look at his game logs, it's really bad. You know, obviously, I don't want a game log watch, and I have twenty seven percent of Ubre. I'm not trying to say it like that either, but I don't know if he's like still dealing with it. If this is just a sample size issue, but you would expect with Embiid being out that Kelly Ubre was going to start letting it rip, and that has not been the case. So I have a point nine DraftKings points per minute right now in thirty four minutes. I think you I could argue point- thirty four minutes could be a little bit high, but I have a point eight eight in 33 so we're in same spot here i'm just nervous about him that like there is an underlying issue i don't think there's anything actionable but yeah no that's reasonable um for a guy that likes to shoot it's weird to me when he doesn't yeah i I agree with that uh and he is 23 owned so it's a spot where i agree it's not actionable like my approach is probably going to be just to treat him like normal and play kelly Oubre and then bitch it myself when he sucks but at that ownership there is merit if you wanted to just say like okay i'm going to operate under the assumption that or with the narrative that he is banged up and just not going to produce as well as usual and play somebody else like that's perfectly reasonable Uh, my general approach is to just assume everybody is fine because and the reason is that even if he wasn't fine the last couple of games maybe he feels good today like i have no idea it's like hot and cold streaks in baseball they clearly exist you just don't know when they're starting and stopping yep i totally agree yeah, like if you look at these four games that he has started, here are the usage rates for Ubre in the four games that he's started over the past week and a half. 11, 16, 19.8 in the game that he played 39 minutes and had 40 fantasy points, and then 13 in the most recent game. That is alarming to me with no Joel Embiid in any of those games. And I, I don't know what to make of it. Like, it's... He had a couple like pretty sizable usage games prior to this run, but two of them were against Detroit. One of them was against Charlotte. The game before that was against Washington. Like, was that just the fact that like those teams suck so much that he <laughs> didn't have a choice? It's tricky to me. I'm I'm nervous about what's going on with him in this role. I just is it just Maxi has the ball so much now that it's just a different environment for him? I can't figure it out. But I will be playing him either way. Yeah, and the the other thing here too is the salaries come down. It's not like yeah. we're talking about you know sixty six hundred dollar Ubre, which we probably would be if he was out there with a twenty two percent usage rate, chucking up shots. I think Harris looks fantastic, even at twenty percent ownership. I think Maxi is very interesting to get to at nine k. He's eighty four hundred on Fanduel. What a stupid price tag that is. Yeah, that's a nice price tag over there. Yeah, forty two percent owned. Just in case that's not obvious, so. I think we're going straight back to a shitload of Philly. Melton, Ubre, Bamba, Reed, Harris, Maxi. I think you got to get to these guys in like pretty decent chunk. Yeah, I'm I'm around 2x on Maxi right now, getting the six, 16, 17% on DraftKings. Harris showing up 14% for me, so a little under the field, but still getting there. Only 6,800, small forward, power forward, playing big minutes. I'm getting the Pat Bev 10% of the time. So is the field. So I, I, I think yeah. that's just an early in the day. He projects for 14 DraftKings points. Something better is going to exist by lock. But yeah. um, if it doesn't, he is cheap. Part of the reason I'm even more interested in Philly for today is because of the status of the Houston Rockets. They are going to be without Dylan Brooks. They are without Jabari Smith. And they could be without Tari Eason, who is questionable. He's pulling 25% ownership right now. Uh, Jay Sean Tate is pulling 16. Shingoon's at 17. Amon Thompson's at 10. I didn't even say Fred Van Vliet, who's at six. I'm two xing him. Um, this is this should be a bad matchup, but I don't think this is the number six ranked defense when Dylan Brooks is gone, 
when Jabari Smith is gone, potentially Tari Eason is gone. So I think this matchup looks a little bit better for Philly too, but I like a couple of these pieces for Houston. Yeah, so do I. I'm surprised right now I'm not getting to more Tari Eason. Uh, 25% ownership, like you said, 6,300, small forward, power forward. Expect him, I expect him to play good minutes without Jabari Smith if he's in. Uh, I guess it probably is just an ownership thing. I have him at 31 minutes right now. I think it certainly could end up being more than that. Uh, but I'm only getting the 6%, so probably just an ownership thing, and there's other guys I can get to. I'm getting to a ton of Shen Yun. 16 17% ownership, $8,400 center. I am getting to 33% of him. That's who I have exact the exact same of. amount. Okay, yeah, that's who I have the most of here. I am more than happy with that. Uh, slightly different matchup going up against not Joel Embiid. So, yeah. Uh, no issues there. I'm getting to 15% Amen Thompson, point guard, shooting guard, 3,500. That is one that if the slate looks like it does right now, like I'm fine with it, but yeah. could probably disappear a bit as we get other value opening up. Uh, but they are also shorthanded and he is cheap. Um, there's you know reasons they should want to get him minutes. He played 17 minutes last game. 12 of it was garbage time though. Like my big concern with him is just that his rotation last game sucked. He played like five minutes in the first half. And yeah. that was a game that, you know, Dylan Brooks was out. Cam Whitmore was in the rotation. Yeah. I, I really did not like the the minutes that we saw from Thompson last game. That was the second leg of a back-to-back, though. Who knows? Maybe he plays a little bit more. Um, but and, and now you do have Smith out as well. If Eason were to be out, you do start running out of bodies, too. So right you now, do. I view him as he's a cheap guy where things could break your way. You may or may not need him by lock. But there is the potential that Houston's down another body by then and yeah. that looks even better uh everything you just said by the way is also applicable to cam whitmore and is he is probably a better person to get to than amin thompson in terms of like nba talent in this moment sure Um, yeah i I think that's an interesting one because like we hadn't seen whitmore in the rotation so clearly uh, clearly thompson's going to be projected ahead of him especially like early in the morning but what we saw last game was cam whitmore just be in the rotation alongside thompson there's actually no guarantee that thompson plays more minutes than whitmore tonight no, not at all. And we're um, talking far- like uh, Cam Whitmore is probably more NBA ready in this particular moment than Amin Thompson is. We're talking about someone that did play a year at Villanova. We're talking about another first round draft pick. Like these guys aren't all that different. One yeah. of them is unowned. The other is 10% owned. Like I think Whitmore is probably playing again today too. All I remember about Cam Whitmore is everybody I follow on Twitter pre-draft saying how he was like the guy that was going to jump up the board and every team like secretly wanted him. And then he just never got drafted. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. he did obviously, but it took yeah. a while. Um, I'm anxious to see what he looks like for Houston. Yeah. That's the steal it, of a pick. It, it quickly turned because nobody's ever actually just wrong. It turned yeah. from Cam Whitmore is going to go really high. He's great. Every team actually wants him to. Wow. Every team is stupid. I can't believe they're not drafting this guy. I'm guessing Siege had him to go fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. I don't don't know if he did, probably. Um, (laughs) We we haven't talked about the guy that I have the second most yet. I have 14% Tate. I have 31% Tate, 4,500 shooting guard, small forward. I went 28 minutes. That's assuming Eason is in. I feel pretty comfortable about that either direction. Uh, Assuming he's starting again, if he did last time. Yeah, I'm I'm like 27, 28. So, uh, yeah, same page. I'm right with the field, 4,500. Not a great point per minute guy, but he should get enough playing time to be good at that salary and with those positions. Uh, I'm getting to 11% Van Vliet at 7,900. Perfectly fine being 2x there. Um, I'm happy whenever I can get over the field on Van Vliet just because he plays so many minutes. Yeah, I have 13, so I'm happy with it. 
I like pieces here for Houston, and it could look even better if Tar Eason ends up being out. Not that, and I already have sixteen percent of Tar Eason. Like he looks good too, but if he ends up out, we start to really get into some weird shit. Yeah, if he ends up out, I mean, you start. It it'll kind of. I hope he's in, really, because I just don't want to try and guess what they're doing with Aaron Holiday, Whitmore, Thompson. Like, the worst part of all of this is it's going to be Jalen Green that goes off and all of these guys are like really not all that applicable to making him look better. Right. Yeah, I'll say I don't have any of him right now. I didn't Same. mention him. He's 7,400 shooting guard. He's getting less than 1% ownership. That is how it plays out is you're just like, oh, this team's shorthanded. Like there's value here. Shangun looks good. Van Vliet looks good as you know, a contrarian play. And then Jalen Green's just like, yeah, F all of you. Here's 50 actual points. Yeah. Like I, I can I can already see this box score. Anything else for Houston? Nope. The Oklahoma City Thunder are three and a half point underdogs in Denver, 232 total. I am excited to watch this basketball game. I wish Aaron Gordon, well, not as much as Aaron Gordon, but I wish Aaron Gordon didn't get his face chewed on by a dog. I would have liked to see these teams be at full strength. There are two guys pulling a ton of ownership for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I assume you guys all know who those two guys are. One of which is Kenrich Williams, $3,500 power forward center. I didn't get to him, thank God. And then uh, 26% ownership to Josh Giddy, whose minutes did creep up. And I say creep very specifically uh, for the past two games. I have 20% of Giddy. I don't really have SGA or Dort, Jalen Williams or Chet. I wouldn't mind it if I did. This is a tough team to get to. It's a bad spot against Denver, but uh, it's Giddy season, apparently. Yeah, and it's another strategy show where I'm playing stuff I do not want from OKC. Um, hopefully it goes away, but I am getting the 24% Kenrich Williams. I, I get the reason right now. He's 3,500, power forward center, um, played 20 and a half minutes last game, probably plays around 18, give or take. Um, he, he's just another one where he's useful right now. As guys yeah. get ruled out, he probably becomes less useful, but I do understand why I'm getting there. Yeah. I wouldn't be upset if I were just not getting to 21% on Kenrich Williams and taking my chances on this guy not being useful. But like I, I get it right now. Um, Wallace is showing up 11% for me at 3,700. Same kind of thing. Only 5% owned, so at least he's contrarian if I somehow get lucky and he scores fantasy points. But um, those guys are just both throwing up because they're cheap and there's not a lot of cheap value at the moment. Uh, then I start getting the real players a little bit. 7% giddy, so hmm. way less than the field on him right now uh, 5600 point guard shooting guard it is interesting he played more last game um i do think the price tag is appealing but at the same time 15 percent chance of being optimal 26 percent ownership i don't hate that i'm not getting to the field when i like i don't think he's guaranteed to play 29 30 minutes again i went 26 i don't have a great feel there but i don't know maybe a little high yeah i mean i have 25 right now i think you could definitely go a minute or two higher okay yeah, I got 20%. I, I understand why it's happening. That's for sure. Yeah. I, just, I, SGA is like a real tough sell today. Yeah. When I looked at what I was getting of Giddy and then looked at his price tag, I didn't feel good. Like that's if you're not getting the $5,600 Giddy and he's going to be 25% owned, that is an uncomfortable spot to be in because yeah. that's just such a cheap price tag. But um, at the same time, there is volatility there and he's not exactly good. But he is um, on a yeah. per minute basis in DFS, unfortunately. That's yeah. the real issue with all of this. Well, it depends if the team is just leaving him open to shoot or not but yeah that's fair um I'm, yeah i'm not getting to much of the main pieces here five percent door three percent chat two percent jalen williams and sga yeah. it's just not that kind of spot you know like in denver 28th ranked team in pace at elevation like 
Not great. It is kind of wild. I would expect Denver to want to play fast and like make teams have to come in here and eat that elevation, but they don't. Well, but I guess that's what happens. Kind of set up to not. Yeah, I was. <laughs> my follow up to that was: I guess you just do whatever the hell you want when you have Nikola Jokic on the team, and it's just like you got you, you're the boss, man. However fast you want to play is how fast we play. Yeah. Um, and one other thing with Giddy, because again, like we kind of just said, he's not very good at basketball, but he is 1.1 DraftKings points per minute with SGA and Jalen Williams this year. Yeah, that's that's real. On the Denver side, uh, they are on a back-to-back, so we don't know too much here. 16% ownership coming into Jamal Murray. I am doubling that, and I'm cool with it. 15% ownership coming to Jokic. I got to nine. I'm honestly a little surprised, but I do think he looks good in this spot. The guy that's pulling the most ownership is the guy that should be. Uh, he got the start yesterday. That is Peyton Watson, $4,500 power forward. He's 32% owned. We've talked a lot about the lack of value and shitty guys out there. I have 49% Watson. I only have 23. He is my highest owned guy from Denver, but I'm a little bit under the field. I wouldn't mind getting more, but at the same time, yeah. 32% is a lot of ownership. There aren't a lot of good pivots that I don't think there are a lot of pivots that you're looking at and saying like, oh yeah, I'm really confident in this guy. And the ones that you are most confident in are probably still getting like 15% ownership, but there are still plenty of players where, you know, you can go to them and just hope that they beat Watson. It's not like Watson's a lock or anything like that, but he is a good value option. Uh, it was two X the field on him yesterday. One of the few things that worked out for me. Um, yeah. I have him at like, I think 27 minutes right now getting 23%. So he is my highest owned guy here. He's the only guy I'm getting a lot of. I have 7% Strouther who's 3% owned. That's a very reasonable pivot to Watson uh, shooting yeah. guard, small forward. You know, if things go haywire and he just, Watson doesn't play the minutes we expect. Clearly one of the guys that's likely to step up and play more. I'm getting the 7% Jokic, 7% Jamal Murray. Happy with whatever I can get to there. Uh, But I'm about half the field on Murray and Jokic having trouble getting to either one. Small amounts of Porter. Just not getting to a lot of this team, which is kind of surprising. Justin Holiday was the direct backup for Watson yesterday. They were straight swapping each other out, which was a little surprising to me, but I guess made some sense. You know who did suck? As expected, the guy that I had in 50% of my lineups, even though I didn't like it all day, special shout out Michael Porter Jr. for being absolutely useless in 22 minutes. He was my, uh, he was to me what Andre Drummond was to you, where I had him, well, I didn't have him in the morning, but then I had him on the deeper dive. I had him going in the lock. And then by the time I late swapped, I was down to like 14%. So that one worked out. But unfortunately, I still had 75% Drummond. Yeah, if I would have been able to just not have, if I would have had the amount of Michael Porter Jr. that I wanted to last night, right. maybe I would have had a bit more money. Those are my least favorite. Like, I, obviously, I try not to get too attached to outcomes in DFS. It's really stressful yeah. to play every day if you're going to get attached to outcomes. But those are the ones that I think piss me off the most. Like, I think even more so than, damn, that guy was low owned. I thought he was a really good play, but I didn't get to him and he did well. Even more yeah. than that is, I don't, I really hate the ownership on this guy. I want to play other players, but I'm getting to him and there's nothing I can really do about it. And then he goes out there and sucks. And then you're right. (laughs) All right, let's close this one out. Charlotte Hornets hit that like button, by the way, if you haven't done it yet, 15 and a half point dogs in Phoenix, 231 total. Charlotte is on a back to back. We have to just assume that they're the same team that they were yesterday, at least for right now, 5% ownership to Brandon Miller is the high mark. This is a, absolutely dreadful spot for charlotte uh 108 implied total they, they look bad back to two touchdown dogs on a back-to-back i have three percent of brandon miller i'd be shocked if i get to anything from charlotte unless people start getting ruled out yeah uh seven percent brandon miller 
8% book night, which I don't think can be real. J James book night? Did I they get a new we, one? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we haven't projected for seven. Or sorry, we haven't projected for 11 DraftKings points and no ownership. I guess that's why. Uh, ignore that. That's not going to be a thing unless like multiple people. He played six out. minutes yesterday, if it helps. Yeah. yeah, that's just an early morning. Which is more than I thought he could play. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know he was active. Uh, that one can be ignored. That's not going to happen. It, it is because he's projected for literally zero ownership and 12 fantasy points at 3K. Um, he played in Los Angeles last night and has a back-to-back -back in Phoenix. That dude is probably in the midst of driving drunk on the way to the <laughs> arena right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that can be ignored. The, the real things here are I am getting the 7% Brandon Miller. Yeah. Sure. Uh, other than that, 1% Rozier, 1% Bridges. It's, there's not a lot to talk about. Two game night slate tonight with I believe 50k up top. I hate it because remember so am, no 10 o'clock games. Right. So I, I hate that there's the no 10 o'clock games, but if they're gonna keep doing this, I do hope they at least do what they're doing and give us real night slates. Yeah. Because like earlier in the year they were giving us 50k the first night slates, but then lately it's been a lot of like 25k, 20k, 30k. So yeah. at least give us the big night slates if you're gonna do this. Again, I would prefer a big night slate and a 10 game main slate. But yeah, um, yeah at least at least keep the 50k at first if you're going to break this up. Closing it out with Phoenix. Tough to talk about right now. Bradley Beal is questionable. Nas Little available. Josh Akogi questionable. Nurkic is projected for 10% ownership right now. Everybody else is single digits. I actually like Booker at 9,600. And if Beal is out, I'll probably like Booker a little bit more. He'll start to really look like a, a Donovan Mitchell type play for today. Matchup's awesome, but I don't know how you get to Phoenix with any sort of real volume. Are you factoring Kevin Durant being the new point guard? <laughs> if he wants to go out there and get his the teammates that he doesn't like or whatever, more assists, maybe that's the direction we can go. Yeah, I'm just it, the lineup wouldn't have been anything anyway. But last time Phoenix played, my best lineup late into the night had Booker, and I'm looking, I'm like, ah, oh, Booker's okay. He's not really doing anything. And I look, I, I knew Durant was doing well. I assumed Durant was just scoring. I look, he has like 13 assists. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Booker's just standing in a corner now. Um, yeah. Obviously not something you're carrying over to tonight, but it is something to actually keep an eye on if it were to continue because we do know that Phoenix has had their share of issues this year. Some yeah. of that has been being blamed on Booker as a point guard, whether that's deserved or not. So it is something where like I'm treating that game as an anomaly, but if we see another game or two where Kevin Durant's just racking up assists, I think you do probably start to consider changing the way you're projecting these guys. But for now, it doesn't really matter. I'm not getting to either guy. The only guy I am getting is I'm getting the 10% Nurkic at 7,100. Fine with me. Good spot. Good price. Uh, article and video today. What's today? Friday. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Contenders videos are already out for me, as is prize picks. Lost out on our chance to pick up the dub yesterday on prize picks because Luca got ruled out, but we got our Kobe White one, right? So 1-0. I'll take what I can get. Hit the like button on your way out the door. Shout out to Better for being the sponsor. NFL Live Before Lock. Nope. NFL Strategy Show coming up next. We'll talk to you later.